Welcome to Take Him With You, the weekly podcast that's spiritual, not religious. Today we're going to talk about barbecues, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and part two of Beaten to a Pulp. Thank you so much for joining me for Take Him With You, the special Easter edition. Like I said earlier, we are going to uh, be talking about the barbecue that Andrew and I assembled, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, and you get part two of Beat to a Pulp. It's going to be a great show today. You don't want to miss a bit. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. And we're the host of a brand new podcast, Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast of the web series The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season, be it Season 2, which is currently airing on MSN Video, or Season 3, which is in the early pre-production stage. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2, as well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboom! (laughs) Yeah, Kenny and Jenny are hilarious on that podcast. You'd like them. Sign once again for Words of Wisdom on Take Him With You. Our words of wisdom come out of the book of Colossians in the New Testament in chapter 3. This is from the Message Bible in verse 1. It says, So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from His perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remembers, show up again on this earth, you'll show up too, the real you, the glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. Well, there you go. Some words of wisdom on pursuing the things of God instead of our own desires. And that's great advice anytime. That's words of wisdom right here on Take Him With You, the special Easter edition. How cool is this podcast? That means that you excellent people who are listening to this cool podcast are even more cooler. How cool is that? So once you've finished listening to this podcast, why don't you come over to our podcast and give us a go? We're called Waffle On. You can find us on iTunes. Simply type in Waffle On. Or go to our webpage and you'll find us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. We do TV. We talk about classic TV from 1960 to 1990. You'll find everything here from sci-fi to comedy, from drama to thriller. Come and check us out. We're called Waffle On. And uh, that's my good friend Meds from the UK. He's a great guy. In fact, he plays one of the characters in the audio drama that you're going to hear today. He's uh, the doctor at the beginning. 
Dr. Charles Blankenship. Cheerio. Okay, it's time to find out what's going on at Rick's house. So, for the first time in, oh, I don't know, days and days of rain here in the Aberdeen, Washington area, we got sunshine. Yeah, there was this mysterious yellow orb floating in the sky, and we didn't even know what it was. And then we all realized how long it had been. Anyway, we went from, you know, we've been having snow, and we hardly ever get snow in Aberdeen. I mean, come on, give me a break. It just rains here a lot. We don't have to... um, go to the tanning beds or anything around here. We just rust, and that's why we get that nice brown kind of reddish tone to us. Anyway, enough weather jokes. But we do live in a very rainy climate. Very, lots and lots of rain here every year. And we got sunshine for two days in a row, so much so that I was compelled to do that thing that men do when they feel ravenously hungry for meat. And that is buy a barbecue. Yeah. I was at Walmart. And, you know, nowadays, I remember when it cost a whole lot of money to buy a barbecue. I mean, you get one of those cool grills. I guess it's a grill. It's really not a barbecue. A barbecue would be like charcoal. A grill would be with the gas and you know, and fire up the grill. Anyway, um, how, how do I describe this? Um, we've had several grills over our lifetime, over our family's lifetime. We use them so much. I cook so much on the grill that... I wear them out, and you know that gets expensive. But nowadays, grills are cheap. Yeah, and I okay, I admit it. I bought my grill, my new one, at Walmart, just like I bought the last one, that lasted me for a couple of years and then rusted out and broke down. And I tried to fix it a few times. And anyway, this one I got—they're so much more inexpensive than they used to be, and now I know why. Okay, so I, I go to the cash register and I say, I'd like barbecue B. And they said, oh, yeah, okay. So they call like two or three people and they go get it down off the shelf and it's in a big box. And on the outside of the carton, it says some assembly required. Now, you know, I, I think I would learn after 43 years of existence that the the words some assembly required really basically means um, if you're a drinking man, get a beer or a few and work for the rest of the evening on this thing. <laughs> I'm not a drinking man, so I got myself a Diet Pepsi and uh, coerced my son into putting it together. And so (laughs) I get Andrew with me, and we open up the box, and I'm telling you, it wasn't just some assembly. It was the entire assembly required. It wasn't just some assembly. I mean, we're talking like hundreds of parts to this barbecue or this grill that should have not been that hard. And then, of course, I didn't bother to tell Andrew that um, if I would have just been patient, I could have just asked them to to make it there, and they would have done it for free. Don't tell him, because I was impatient. I wanted to barbecue that day, because it was warm, and who knows if tomorrow is going to be warm or not around here. It could be raining. So, anyway, we get it out of the package, and there's, like, styrofoam and cardboard and everything else, and parts and tools and everything that's included and and we start to put it together slowly but surely and i say why don't you go get your electric screwdriver because he has all these really cool tools he's in a carpentry class up at the college and he's got a gadget for everything he goes no dad the the instructions say you're supposed to do this by hand and i'm like well so what about the instructions yeah i actually have a son that follows instructions 
Yeah, well, you didn't get that from me, I'm telling you. Well, anyway, we followed the directions with the screwdriver that they included in the kit. Well, at least I got a screwdriver out of the deal and a grill, but, you know. Anyway, so we start to put this whole thing together, and it goes together fairly nicely. And uh, close to the end, we were we had parts left over, so we had to figure that all out. <laughs> Never a good sign when you're putting something together. You think you're done, and you have parts left over. And there weren't replacement parts either. They were unique. Well, I finally figured it out. Well, actually, Andrew figured it out. He's the guy that can figure those kind of things out. Because, like, I, I fail the spatial acuity tests and stuff like that. I mean, as, as geeky as I am, I cannot tell you how a lever or a pulley works or a gear or anything like that. You put me under the hood of a car, and basically you your car will never run again. Yeah, I'm not mechanical at all. So I leave those kind of things up to my son, Andrew, who is lots more mechanical. Nathan, I think, has a little bit more spatial stuff going on for him, too. But I just don't. And I know that. I just It just doesn't work for me. And that's okay. I can live with it. I can, I can live with that. Just don't ask me how gears turn or anything or pulleys or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, we finally got the grill all put together. And then I thought, I don't know if I have any gas for the tank. So I, I ripped the tank off the old one that didn't work plugged it in and I had enough to, to barbecue for two nights in a row and now it's yucky out again. It's not nice anymore. So, you know, two days of great grill. I am the grill master. What have we made on our grill? Let's see. We've made hot dogs. We've made some steak. We've made some chicken. You know, it's just a, I'm a short order cook. Oh, we made some hamburgers. Gosh, I guess we used it more than a couple of times. Well, anyway, that's around our house. You never know. You could have three different entrees at dinner since everybody's picky they shouldn't be but they are so there i got a grill that's what's going on in my house <laughs> okay in the area of tv movies and so on and so forth i'm really jazzed and excited jazzed is that a word people use anymore probably not but you know i grew up in the 80s so there anyway um i'm excited i'm excited because the new star trek movie comes out on may 8th i've got a little email in to the uh the theater up in Olympia, Lacey area, because they are going to have the IMAX version of it. And I want to go see Star Trek and IMAX. Always have wanted to see a Star Trek and IMAX. Never was able to. And now that we have one close to our home, oh, I'm so excited. It looks so good. I've been watching all the things. Entered that biggest Trekkie contest. Didn't win. But we got into the finals. That was kind of cool. My friend Rico and I got our, our videos. At least they liked them and put them up on their YouTube channel. That's kind of cool. You can search for that if you want for eSurance Biggest Trekkie YouTube channel. And you'll find uh, my friend Rico and I are on there. Uh, in fact, in the first few videos that they're displaying, which is kind of cool. Would have liked to have won tickets down to the premiere, but that's okay. It's all right. I'm okay. <laughs> I don't understand. No, just joking. <sighs> yeah. TV-wise, I have been watching a series called The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Have, is that, has any of you watched that? Have you watched that? It is basically the the TV series series for the Terminator. Now I have something to admit on worldwide podcast. I you know I don't think I've ever watched any of the Terminator movies all the way through. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't. You know they were kind of they were rated R and stuff. There was a lot of stuff in them that I that I'm just not real a fan of. And so I just you know I've, I've seen them when they've been on TV, like watch part of them, but I just never really sat down and ever watched them. But when they said they were going to have a TV show, and the and my friends at Trex and Sci-Fi talked a lot about it, I thought I'd give it a go, and I did, and I really really enjoyed the series. It's been really good, but in particular this last episode, 
um, well, actually, a couple episodes ago, they had a, a fantastic episode. The season finale just aired a couple of days ago, and uh, man, amazing, absolutely amazing stuff. They they have gone out of their way to make this a quality TV series. And if you like any type of Terminator type of thing, I'm not going to do any spoilers. I'm just going to tell you that they've done a great job. The special effects are right on. The acting is great. There's only a couple of clunker episodes to me in the in the couple years it's been on. I, I thought that it's been a great series, and I'm hoping they'll renew it. I haven't heard. That's why I said in the promo, will Sarah Connor be back? I don't know. Maybe if she eats pork. I don't know. Anyway, I hope that they bring that uh, show back because it's really, really cool. And, I, and from what I understand... Um, with the new Terminator movie coming out in the theaters, this kind of tied into it. So I hope that's not why they did it, but we'll see. Uh, I hope they bring it back, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. And I think that's on Fox. Well, I'm going to keep this kind of short today because we do have part two of the Beaten to a Pulp audio drama, and I really want you to enjoy that. Um, again, I just want to thank everybody for helping me with that and downloading. I, I think last week we had... Just tons and tons of downloads on the Beaten to the Pulp uh, Part 1. It was just phenomenal. So just keep that going because I uh, really, really, really appreciate that. Oh, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention, too. You know, I don't. I try not to beg for money on this program, but I just I wanted to let you know if you're a faithful listener to Take Him With You or if you just started. Uh, Amy and I are doing this, and we are experimenting as a family to see if we can do the podcast full-time and encourage people with our newsletter and with the the weekly uh, midweek boosters and with the, with this show every Sunday. Uh, we're trying to do this and pay the bills at our house. We don't have a, a huge budget here at the Moyer home, and we're... We are we don't live extravagantly, uh, but we really want to um, take our talents and, and encourage people all over the world. And we really felt like we could do that by doing a podcast every single week and, and be able to uh, speak to people and encourage people and help them out. So if you um, have at all, if you think that's a cool vision and, and you like what we're doing, we would want to ask you if you would help support us. And to do that, we'd love it if you would, would subscribe to our newsletter. And we're asking people to give $20 or more every month for that weekly encouragement that comes in your email every Monday morning. There's more information on our webpage if you go to takehimwithyou.com. Click on Newsletter or click on Donate. We've got some families that are, are giving way more than $20 a month, and that's been very, very helpful to us. But uh, soon, uh, some of the money that we've set aside to take care of us is going to be gone, and, and we either... Uh, need to find out if this is going to be viable or we need to do some other things. So I'm hoping that uh, you'll find it in your heart to help us. Um, no hidden things here. We're not a we're not a nonprofit organization. We are an LLC. And uh, I would love to be able to do voiceovers and music for your podcast or your radio program or uh, maybe the business you work for does voicemail. I can certainly help out with that and do different things like that as well. I, I, I certainly would work uh, to be able to make some income here too, not just do the podcast. So anyway, just want to throw that out to you. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, we'd love to send that to you. And we do understand that people that are listening, some of you don't have the, the resources to be able to do that. But you, you wouldn't believe what 5 or 10 $20, $30 does every month if a whole bunch of people do that. It adds up quickly. But seriously, if you can't afford it, we still want to encourage you. Sign up for the newsletter anyway and say, look, at when I get a chance, I'll throw some money your way or, or, you know, I just need the encouragement. And we'll do that because we just want to bless you and help you out. Okay, great. 
Let's get um, back in. Uh, after these promos, we're going to get back into the drama for this week. Um, and before I play the drama, though, I have an audio comment from a great friend of mine from England again. His name is Mike. And I'm going to play that for you. He's got an idea of what's going to happen to Blake. So we'll discuss that a little bit, and then we'll get into the drama. So stay around, or stick around, or whatever you call it. Just just don't turn this off. He is starting to quote Star Wars. And, and he does it in character. Like, he quoted Luke Skywalker recently when my uh, SUV broke down in the Target parking lot. Oh, no. And it was such a pain in the rear to fix it. And David had to have it towed because, I mean, he's a pretty good mechanic, but he couldn't fix this problem. Not Aww. in the parking lot. So, But later on our way home, we were just so exhausted. It was like 9 o'clock at night, and we're on our way home after him crawling around under this SUV in the parking lot and getting his nice business clothes all oily and everything he still retained the humor enough to turn to me halfway home and say uncle owen this r2 unit has a bad motivator and i said uh, hey what are you trying to push on me you know you just earned your geek cred right there that's by a little quoting bit star wars cred. yeah definitely <laughs> he just laughed what would have been really funny is if while he was working on it you should have been like would it help if i got out and pushed <laughs> <laughs> i could have but at that moment probably not a good idea not a good idea <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Ah, yes, the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. A way cool podcast. You should check it out. Great forums over there. Great group of people. Neat community at... uh, treksinsci-fi.com okay all right i got this great audio comment you know at first there wasn't hardly any um comments at all by the way it's so helpful when people email in and let let us know if they like the podcast or not because it's not like what i'm used to you know for years i was a pastor of a church and and i got up and i would talk and i get immediate reaction from people i could see what they were thinking and and they could give me feedback and everything here, when you do a podcast, you don't—you just don't know if nobody calls calls you or or sends you an email. You don't know, 
So it's really, really cool and very appreciated. If you're listening to the podcast, would you send me an email? Let me know you are. Let me know if you like it, hate it, whatever. It would just be great to get some feedback. So anyway, at first of the week last week, we, we didn't get a whole lot of response. And I'm like, wow, I did a lot of work on this. And, and I don't know if anybody liked it or not. And then, then I, I trickled in and people started talking about it. But uh, Mike sent me this great, great audio comment. I'm going to play it for you and then uh, I'll comment on it. And then we'll get into part two of Beaten to a Pulp. Hey, Rick. Mike from London, just with a couple of quick comments on the audio drama. First of all, I just want to say thanks for the way you're putting this story across. Obviously, with my background and upbringing, the story is one I'm familiar with and I've lived with for the last 40 years. But as with everything, where you live with something year after year, presented in much the same way, it tends to lose a lot of its impact and, and becomes something you know, I don't know, intellectually rather than, than feel. And certainly with the way you're putting it across, even to, to someone like me who would claim to be familiar with the story it, it has quite a bit of impact it, it makes a real difference to the ways I've heard it before so presuming that's what you've intended then it's working very well so congratulations are certainly to you well that's exactly what I was trying to do Mike um, I wanted to you know instead of just reading the story right off off the script and out of the Bible I wanted to really bring it across in a way that a modern person might be able to talk about what's going on in this story from a personal standpoint. And uh, that's the whole reason I did it that way. Okay, you had one more comment for me. Uh, let's take a listen. The other comment is the um, sci-fi geek in me trying to work out quite what's going on in terms of time travel or out-of-body experience or, or who knows what. So I'm pegging for either the uh, Sam Beckett or the Sam Tyler approach. So we have either the quantum leap or the life on Mars theory. Quantum Leap, we had Sam Beckett jumping into bodies of people in the past to right wrongs and do good and all the rest of it, but the fact that your doctor had his briefcase with him tends to suggest that maybe that's not the thread you've taken through through this story, which leads us to the Sam Tyler question, which in the UK version of Life on Mars at least turned out to be the guy was in a coma and, well, whether it was a dream or whether it was some sort of projection into the past, they never really went into Again, carrying a briefcase with you, I don't know whether that's possible or not, but I guess if it's something going on in, in Blake's mind, then he could well imagine he's got his briefcase. So I'm going for the Sam Tyler over the Sam Beckett, but I'll be interested to see which way you jump in the second part. Anyway, thanks for putting this together. I'm sure we'll talk again. Cheers. Thank you so much for your comments, Mike. Um, I can't comment on those. <laughs> I'm I'm pleading the fifth. Because you'll have to listen to the second half here in a few moments. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought a lot about, gosh, you know, um, when I was writing it. Actually, the, I, I just can't tell you. <laughs> I just can't tell you. You're going to have to listen. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm a sci-fi geek, and I love that kind of stuff. So, the, you know, I've always been into stories that kind of have a twist to them. And uh, this is no exception. So enjoy the rest of it. And thanks so much, Mike. I, I was laughing. Amy and I were just, we were getting such a kick out of it because I thought, you know, I've speculated on everybody else's story writing abilities, you know, in the TVs and the movies and stuff. But this is the first time I've ever had anybody speculate on mine. And I thought that was kind of cool. So thanks. You, you brightened my day. So there you go. Okay, everybody, I just want to again say thank you for listening. And we are going to roll... Um, the second half of Beaten to a Pulp. I want to say before we get into it, though, I'm probably not going to talk about what's going on next week at the end um, because I, there's a special song that rolls um, right before the credits, and I want to be able to just let that go. Um, so would you join us next week? Because Amy will be back with me, and we're going to talk about when we got engaged. 
some of the crazy things that happened to us and then when we got married. And we're entitling this one, Marriage. Marriage is what gathered us together today. So you'll, if you're a Princess Bride fan, you'll understand that. So you'll have to tune in next week for that. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, here you go. This is part two of Beaten to a Pulp. And let me again say there are graphic um, descriptions of of um, violence in this episode. So if you have young ones, you know, you have to make that determination if you want them to hear this or not. But um, probably best that they didn't. But uh, go ahead. Take a listen. Please let us know what you think. Here's part two of Beaten to a Pulp on Take Him With You. place called Golgotha. The term of the place is, is means the place of the skull. I asked a local why they use this place to execute people. He said it was just outside the city gates and near a very busy road. This way it served as a public execution and kept the citizens in check. Many, many people walk past it every hour. It seems so barbaric to me. But then again, I guess that's human nature. <laughs> hasn't changed much. I mean, look what we entertain ourselves with. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'll watch the news ever the same way again. <laughs> he said the legends it has it that Adam's skull is buried here, but then he laughed, so I don't know if he was serious or not. From what I gather, many people who pass by and make the crucifixions that much worse because they hurl insults and throw garbage at the people being killed. They actually nail the hands and the feet of the people being executed, and it can take a few hours for them to die naked up on the crosses. At the end of the day, if they haven't died, the soldiers go around and they break their legs so that they can't push themselves up on their hands on the nails to get a breath of air. So basically, that's what happens is they suffocate. Note to self. I've been watching the crowd for me. There's people from all different walks of life here. I see a whole section of what appears to be religious leaders and they're grinning and whispering back and forth with each other. It's kind of sad. I see one, though, that's similar in his style of clothing, but he seems agitated, a little bit disturbed. He's kind of back behind the others. I think I'm going to go try and talk with him. Okay, note to self. I actually got to talk to that man. His name is Nicodemus. He's a Pharisee, and I was surprised that he would speak to me, but he's a very articulate man with a lot to say. He did not seem to be in favor of what was taking place and was in obvious disagreement with his fellow leaders. He said that he was one of the only of them to ever have a personal meeting with this Jesus. He admitted that he'd gone to Jesus late one night out of fear of what his colleagues would say. And he told me his original intent was to find out about this man. 
he was causing such upheaval with, with everyone. He seemed genuinely curious about him, and then he admitted that he really made a statement to Jesus, not asked him a question initially. I guess his statement was something like, uh, what did he say? Jesus, I know you are, you've come from God, because no one could do all the miracles that you do if God wasn't with him. What happened next, Nicodemus said, really made him think. He said, Jesus never really answered anyone the way you'd expect him to. He oftentimes would ask another question back or make a statement. It is if he could read the motives of men's hearts. So he told me that Jesus made a statement to him about the kingdom of God and that no one could see that kingdom unless they were born all over again. He, of course, questioned him on that and found that Jesus was talking about renewing a close friendship with God, not going through the rituals and observing the law like, he, like we used to do. And this really, really fascinated this Nicodemus man uh, to the point of him questioning why he was doing what he was doing with leadership. From that point on, he found himself opposed to plotting to kill Jesus and thought perhaps they should all listen to him instead of treating him like a rebel and a troublemaker. Oh, it looks like they're going to... um, Oh, no. Here's the part I haven't been looking forward to. They've already nailed one of the men on the cross and are lifting him into place. Oh, he looks in agony. The second man is very scared and is not handling things well. The soldiers have beaten him several times to get him to be quiet. Jesus, on the other hand, is bleeding, but very, very still. He's kind of heaped on the ground next to his cross. They put his tunic back on him for the journey to Golgotha, but one of the soldiers is removing it from him, and the others are fighting for it. It appears to be a nicer garment, and now they're gambling for it. I feel bad for Jesus. This must be horrible for him. One of the guards tried to get him to drink something. He said it would ease the pain, but it looks like Jesus refused it. Oh boy. Two of the guards now are stretching Jesus out on the cross and preparing the nails for his hands and feet. I don't know if I can watch this. I've often wondered why people would want to see someone executed. And I have no idea. It's so tragic. I can't imagine the pain he must feel. Hold his legs still. It's like mindless violence, and yet it has a purpose, and I, I hate this. I hate this. I want to look away, but I'm so compelled to see this through. I don't understand even why. I just need to stop.
a sign above his head that reads, This is the king, the king of the Jews. Of the Jews. Let me say, they're not doing this to honor him, but they're mocking him. He's hanging there in between two other men on crosses. And the world keeps passing by. All sorts of people going to and from the city. The actions are very diverse. One person will walk by and weep, and another will yell something hateful out of their mouth. You would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, Jesus? <laughs> if you can do that, why not save yourself now? If you are the Son of God, why don't you come down from the cross? He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the King of Israel, let him come down off the cross and prove it. Even the leaders are scoffing and yelling out things at him. He saved others, and himself he cannot save. Blasphemer! Where are your powers now? One of the thieves that's hanging next to him is speaking to him. What? You can't even save yourself. The other one, as he was in agony, said something very profound. He said, We deserve everything we got because we are guilty, but shut your mouth, man. Jesus is not. Remember me, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom. I was in total shock when Jesus looks over at this other fellow hanging there and says, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Those words just echoed in my mind. He's willing to forgive a man who's guilty simply for believing in him. I'm not sure how all this works, but it seems so real and loving. Here, Jesus is suffering and yet concerned about this thief that's being executed next to him. Absolutely amazing. Things are getting a little crazier now. Some of the crowd has dissipated, yet there seems to be an intensity as they're expecting the death of Jesus. I think some are lingering for a miracle and others simply want to see with their own eyes when he takes his last breath. It's, it's so sad. What? Something strange is happening. It's starting to get dark out, but it's not time for that. This is like a scene from a bad sci-fi movie. But I can feel the pressure changing. A real heaviness is coming over all of us. It's rather a creepy feeling. Makes me want to run. I feel like something bad is about to happen. Ah, mm. ah! My ears are popping. The hair on the back of my neck is standing up. There's a man that I keep watching that has been next to Jesus's family for the entire time. Hmm. I'm going to go try and talk to him. He seems very, very concerned for them. Note to self. I'm kind of in a state of disbelief. I just spoke to who I think was the disciple John. Yeah, 
that's what his name was. And I know it's common around here, but it would make sense. He, he was very compassionate. He was very spiritual. But he's vexed and he's dismayed at today's events. It, he's very, very confused emotionally. He wishes he had the power to stop all of this. And at the same time, he's scared of the Romans and their power. He said some things to me that are, that are kind of disturbing from the get-go. But as I contemplate them, I think they're pretty life-changing. He claims that Jesus is the Son of God, even more that He is God in the flesh. And that everything that was created, everything we see around us, was created by this man, or God. And that the only way a person could ever understand spiritual things is to believe in Him, in this Jesus. I asked if he could just be troubled because of today's events, and that wasn't it. He was very convinced that Jesus was more than just a man, that, that even more than a prophet, that he was indeed God in the flesh. I, I don't know what to think. I mean, why would God let himself be executed? That, I'm not quite understanding that. He did it for you, you know. What? Who is this? It's you, Blake. You're talking with yourself. Oh, great. Now I'm a lunatic. No, you're not. You're on track here, my friend. Jesus is dying so that you might live. If he doesn't do this, then you and everyone else has no redemption. No one will save you from the fate which we all deserve. Only Christ can do this. And so that is what he's doing up there on the cross. He's cashing in life to give you eternal life. Now observe. Hey, wait! How did I get here? Can I get back? I really need to get back. I don't belong here. This isn't my time. All in good time. All in good time. About three hours have passed now, and it's still dark. It's like an eclipse, except for all this darn pressure. I can, I can hear faint thunder from far away. No rain at all, but, but it's rumbling from the east. It looks like Jesus is trying to say something. I can't make it out. It means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is gut-wrenching. Somebody next to me thinks that he's calling out for Elijah. They dipped a sponge in that drink they offered him earlier, and they're trying to get him to drink it, put it up on a, on a stick. They think he's delirious, but he's not drinking. Some others have just said, leave him alone, let Elijah save him. I wish they'd just shut up. I'm getting so annoyed at all this mocking. 
Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus has died. He's moving at all, and I don't see him breathing. The thieves on either side of him are still alive and appear to be in agony, and, and they're scared. With all that's going on around them, I, I don't blame them. There isn't anywhere to run for cover. I'll just have to ride this out. The ground is like, like liquid. I've been in earthquakes before, but, but not like this. No, what? What was that? A man just ran by in burial clothes. The crowd's running all over everywhere. The soldiers are trying to keep order. I just heard the captain of the guard. He looked up into the sky and he, he said, Surely this was the Son of God. Chaos. The ground has stopped shaking now. The soldiers have gone over to the first man and they, they broke his legs. Now they're going over to the other man. They broke his too. They're at Jesus now. But apparently they noticed that he's already dead. Oh, just to make sure one of the guards just shoved a spear into his side. Oh, gross. There's blood and water everywhere. They're just pouring down him. The other men have suffocated now. They're all dead. I don't even know how to feel. and a wealthy looking man spoke to the guards about the body of Christ it appears that he's offering his tomb for Jesus to be buried in I caught his name Joseph somewhere called Arimathea they're accompanying him since they have orders to keep an eye on the body since rumors are that well his followers think he's going to come back to life they want to make sure nobody comes and steals the body to make it appear that way. I'm going to follow, but I've got to get something to eat. I'm exhausted and I'm tired. Perhaps I can find a place in the garden where the tomb is at to sleep.
but I don't know in this time frame what kind of thing that would be that could cause that. I, from my reading, I do remember the story of Jesus. And I do remember that at one point, the story says that, that well, it says that he comes to life after he's dead. And I saw him die. And I saw him put him in the tomb. And now I'm here in the in the garden and I'm, and I'm waiting. I just guess I'm curious. I, I want to see if it really happens. You know, I mean, a lot of people have had a lot of conjecture about Jesus and said that he was a good man or a prophet or or maybe he even didn't, didn't exist. But I think the big controversy is stirs over the fact that did, did Jesus really raise from the dead? And if he did, that would totally make things different in my head. I remember reading some works of a, of a man named C.S. Lewis. And he said either Jesus was a liar and had fabricated the biggest hoax ever in the history of mankind. He was a lunatic, and it doesn't appear that he was, or he was really the Lord. I don't know. I guess for years I just thought I could do it on my own. I thought my mind was... I thought I was superior. I didn't need God. But now that I'm here, and I've seen it with my own eyes, I don't know. I'm rethinking everything. I guess it'll all depend if, if I'm here for a day or so and it doesn't happen. Well, I guess I know. Whatever the case is, I'm going to have to get back somehow. I'm going to try to get a little rest. If I can get just close enough, if, if anything happens, I'll be able to hear it. <sighs> oh, sleeping outside is not all it's cracked up to be. My neck. The guards are still there. What? It's it's an earthquake! Oh, another earthquake. There's light coming out from around the stone. No! The guards are falling! Oh my gosh, the the stone is rolling away! It's... Oh, I can't believe it! I think you're coming out surrounded by light. It's, It's... It's him! He's... Note to self, I have never seen anything like that, ever, before. Now that I've got my wits about me, I can recall all the things that I saw. It was so quick. But there was this great earthquake, and then the, the guards that were guarding the tomb fell over. Like I, I don't know if they died or what the deal was, but they were on the ground. And, and I saw this like light coming out from the from the stone and it rolled away and, and, and then this, this being of light just kind of sat on top of the, of the stone I saw what who now I know was Jesus walk out of the tomb and, and it's like he disappeared but I looked into his eyes and it was him it was the same man that I that I looked into his eyes when he was carrying the cross it was he was alive it was amazing and then not too long ago uh, two ladies had come 
to uh, do something with the body. I guess they were going to prepare it for burial or whatever their customs are. And they saw the same being of light that I did. And, and he spoke to them. And I could hear him say, he said, don't be afraid for I know you're looking for Jesus. He was crucified, but he's not here. He's risen, just as as, as they said. And and uh, then he invited them in to come see that he was gone. And and of course they were very very excited, and they hurried away and ran, and they were all excited. And and then what I saw amazed me. They were running down the path, and bam, they ran right into Jesus, and he he talked to them, and they fell down and they. They grabbed at his feet and they worshipped him. And I, and I just sat there going, oh my gosh, this is just too nuts. And he said, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there I'll, I'm going to see them. And I'm telling you what, it was amazing. I've, I saw this with my own eyes and it was amazing. And now I've got, I don't know what to do. I saw him die and I saw him come to life. I don't know. Wait a minute. I hear something. What? Oh no. The soldiers are coming. I've got to hide. You there! Stand still! Do not move! Kneel, you dog! But I'm... I've done nothing wrong! We'll see about that! Now silence yourself! What are you doing? No, no, hey, wait a minute! D don't hurt me! Let's take him to the captain. He may know something about the disappearance of the body. Hey! Ouch! Leave me alone! Stop it! That hurts! Silence the prisoner! If you know what's good for you, you only speak when spoken to. Now move! Take his body. What are you talking about? I will repeat myself only one more time. Did you take the body of this Christ? I didn't. I saw him. He's still alive. He's what? Hey, now wait a minute. You don't have to use that dagger. One pull across your throat and you lie to me no longer. Look, I don't want any trouble. I'm not even from this time. I'm, I'm... What are these items we found on your person? What are these? They're, they're my glasses. I mean, you do have glasses. No, you don't have glasses. They help me see. And this, I have never seen the likes of this before. Well, no, that's a little more hard to explain. They fell down and they, they grabbed at his feet and they worshipped oh, him. And gods, I... what magic is this? An object that speaks of its own accord? Look, I can explain. You will do no such thing. Tell me where the body is or I kill you where you stand. I tell you, I saw Jesus alive. I don't know how. I don't even belong here. But he's alive, I tell you. It is time. Tell me where you hid this body. I didn't. I didn't hide him. I, I tell you, he's, he's alive. Then you are dead. No.
his blood pressure's coming back up. He's coming uh, too. No, no, you've been in an accident, and we're treating your wounds. Can you? No, don't hit me again. No, I, I didn't take the body. You've been in a bombing, uh, Mr. Rumstead. Uh, no, no. But you're going to be okay. It knocked you out, and you've got some wounds. But we're going to take you to the hospital and patch you up. My head is fuzzy. I don't think the painkiller is kicking in. He should be feeling pretty good here in a minute. Check his IV. You're going to be fine, doctor. Too early. Tylenol is my friend. Are not claiming responsibility for the rocket attacks in Gaza. Even after two weeks, the cleanup still goes on from the horrible suicide bombing. In the United States, stocks continue to soar today. On the- Hello? But we don't have all day, do we now? Some of us don't have time to go and visit anymore. Why don't we get your bum down here? Funny. You Englishmen, so impatient. Why? What did you find? Only exactly what you said we would. You've got to be here when we unearth it. Is Samantha with you? How big is it? Yep, she's here with me. It looks like it's a smaller one. I get off the bloody phone and get down here. I'm on my way. Yeah, I'm doing okay, Doctor. Yeah, my back and neck are still a little sore, but other than that, the stitches have healed up nicely. Yeah, about that. Um, I'm heading into work right now. Hey, three weeks is way too long to be out of commission. Yes, I promise to take it easy. No, no, they didn't find any of it. Well, I mean, there were pieces of my briefcase, but all my notes were burnt. No, no, the hard drive on the laptop is a goner, too. I know, I'm, I'm lucky to be alive. I'm not complaining. In fact, after all I've been through, I'd consider myself blessed. Oh, yeah, I haven't forgotten. Tuesday at 3. I'll be there. Hey, doctor, thanks for checking in on me. Okay, hey, I'm just pulling up to the dig site. I'll talk to you then. Uh-huh, you too. Okay, bye. Doctor. Is that what I think it is? Well, it's not a toothbrush. It's a Roman dagger. How far under is it? Oh, Samantha and I uncovered down to the last layer. We thought you might like to do the honors. Do you have the bag ready? Ready and waiting, Doctor. Oh, my neck and my back are killing me. But everything I've dreamed of is coming true. Come on, guys, let's do it. Note to... Oh. <laughs> do you have something we can record this with? I've got the digital camera. It's all set up. Come on, Blake. Let's get to this. Okay, start recording. Note to self. We're dusting off the last layer of what we hope to be a Roman dagger from around 10 to 40 AD. Oh, this is fantastic. It has some corrosion, but look at this. It's beautiful. I've got the handle almost free. This is a miracle. I thought you didn't believe in miracles. Yeah, well, I've had some time to think about that lately. (laughs) Wow. So similar to the dagger I saw in my dream. Are you getting this, Samantha? Yes, Dr. Rumstead. 
The bag is ready, Doctor. Is it free? Here. Let me help. Careful, careful. Okay. Seems to be all in one piece. This is a great find. Tip needs a little more coaxing. Ow! What the heck? I nicked myself on what? What is that? I don't know. It's got a lined edge. Right by the tip of the dagger. Let me, let me brush it a bit. Whatever it is, it's... It's pretty badly corroded. Can you zoom on this, Samantha? I'm with you, Doc. You know, we saw a rectangular image on the x-ray by the dagger, but I assumed it was a sharpening stone. This looks a little thicker than that. Okay, the dagger's almost free. Okay, I'm gonna have to get this other object out before we can pull it free. Let's get a little more aggressive, Charlie. Whatever you say, Doctor. Okay, give it a push. It's coming free. What the... Hand me the metal tool. Is that what I think it is? It's my digital recorder.
Father, I pray for every single person that listened to the audio drama that, um, I don't know, that you just meet them right where they're at. Some of them are like Blake and really have never really believed until maybe an experience will happen in their life, maybe like this audio drama or, or something where they come face to face with you as a reality in their life. Others may just be kind of cruising through life and kind of wondering what's going on, but Whatever the case is, God, you know every one of us so well because you created us and you have a purpose for us. So I pray for every single person that listened that perhaps they would forego religion and try out a relationship with you because that's what it's all about. So I thank you, Lord. I remember when I did that, Lord, when many, many years ago when I said, Jesus, come into my heart and forgive me and set me up to what you want me to do and and, uh, I'll serve you with all my heart. And you did. And I'm so grateful for that. And I know I'm no exception. If you'll do it for me, you'll do it for anybody that calls upon your name. And that's what your your Bible and your scripture says, that if anyone would call upon your name, they would be saved. And there's a lot of different things we can be saved from. But I just, I, I for one, am grateful for eternal life in you. And I think that's so cool. So thank you, Lord, for eternal life and for my friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed Beaten to a Pulp Part 2 the audio drama from TakeHimWithYou.com. If you'd like to get that entire audio drama as one chunk, you're, you are more than welcome to do that. I'm going to have that for sale on my website here real shortly. In fact, probably by now when you listen to this, it'll be up. Uh, but you can digitally download that. Um, it's not real expensive. I, I have that entire drama plus all the music and that special song, um, I Didn't Believe Till Now, is also on that um, download that you can get so you can have all the individual tracks of background music plus that song and the entire audio drama without um intros and extras and stuff like that it's just the drama straight through and uh, if you'd like that just visit www.takehimwithyou.com and uh, click on the podcast notes for this particular episode and i'll have a link probably on the link page too that you can uh, try it out there and and if you'd like to purchase that you're more than welcome to Look at if you have any questions at all. If you listen to the drama and you know it's Easter and everything, if you have any questions at all about God, a relationship with Him, or what uh, my faith uh, is like, you're more than welcome to email us. We'd love to get some feedback on the drama, or if you have any questions or you just want us to pray for you, we'd love to do that. Uh, would you give me a, uh, an email at Rick at takehimwithyou dot com? That's Rick at takehimwithyou dot com. And I would love to correspond with you and say hi and answer any questions that you have. I'll attempt to. I mean, I don't know everything. So, 
you know, just uh, whatever you need to do. Communicate. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to see if you like the audio drama, if you'd like us to do more in the future. And that would be awesome. So uh, give us a little bit of feedback. We would love it. Okay, I'm going to end the program with credits for this episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. you got to hear about all the different people that helped do the audio drama. Very much appreciated. Thank you, everyone, for being actors and actresses on the show. It was great. You did a great job. I'm very impressed. And uh, next time we do a drama, hopefully we'll do that again. It'll be great. And thanks, by the way, for joining me for Taking With You. The cast in part two was Rick Moyer as Dr. Blake Rumstead, Nathan Moyer as Roman Soldier One, Preston Ward as Captain of the Guard, Daryl Skills as EMT One, Rick Dosty as EMT Two, Dave Rhodes as Newsman, Simon Meddings as Dr. Charlie Blankenship, and Jen Rhodes as Dr. Samantha Crowley. All music written, recorded, and performed by Rick Moyer. Copyright 2009, Moyer Multimedia, LLC. All rights reserved. For more information on this audio drama and the many podcasts that are available, go to TakeHimWithYou.com. That's TakeHimWithYou.com or email Rick Moyer at rick at takehimwithyou.com. That's rick at takehimwithyou.com.